The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thanks for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Well, hi there, Terry. Hi, Tom. Today, we are venturing once again into one of those special places we really like to visit. Disney World. Hey, goody. <laughs> Cute, Terry. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we'll have to save the Magic Kingdom for another show. Okay. What I'm referring to is that special place in everyone's you know, soul and heart that resonates with the truth of their being. That special place where we know that we are all one with God. That's the place. And when we realize that we are one with God, well... What does that really mean? <laughs> well, it means that we are God. Exactly. Know ye not that ye are gods. These are the words that Jesus spoke as recorded in John chapter 10, verse 34. And does anyone think that Jesus ever said anything he didn't mean? Of course not. Yeah. Jesus was stating a simple yet profound truth that speaks to the innate reality of each one of us, that we each have the potential to become God. And we feel that this is a message that must be heard over and over again simply because it is so vitally important to our understanding of who we really are and why we're here. And do you have to join the Summit Lighthouse or any other organization, for that matter, to fully realize this divine potential? No. No, and that's a very good point, Terry. We're often asked whether or not it is a requirement to join our organization in order to reap the full benefits of the Ascended Master's sponsorship, or, for that matter, to follow the path of Christhood and ultimately oneness with God. And the answer is no. Of course, we feel personally that this path that the Ascended Masters have laid out is unique in all the world, and that it truly represents the fast track to accelerating your spiritual path and bringing you to the threshold of your ascension. But however you get home to the heart of God, it's the getting home that matters. And as we discuss so often on this program, understanding who you really are is crucial to your progress. You see, the light within you is very real and very close. So close, in fact, that you can feel it pulsating within you when you pray or meditate. And when you harness high-frequency spiritual energy, such as the violet flame, through the practice of decrees, the vibration of this light within you is very tangible. And whenever you focus on it, you will literally feel it lift you up to a higher plane of consciousness. This subject of our inner divinity is nothing new. For example, Hinduism, the world's oldest religion, has not, has not only acknowledged our ability to become one with God, 
they've actually laid out a step-by-step path for achieving this oneness. And, of course, Hinduism is not an exception in this discussion of the light within. Fact is, over time, both Eastern and Western spiritual traditions have recognized the concept of our innate divine potential. Again, we remember Jesus' own words, Know ye not that ye are gods. The meaning behind these words could not become more clear. We, in turn, offer to offer to all the opportunity to tune in to this inner light as a means of finally graduating, once and for all, from the rigors of this earthly schoolroom, graduating with honors, I might add. And again, just who are we? We are the Summit Lighthouse, and it is both our honor and privilege to offer you information about a wonderful opportunity and a marvelous path to achieving it. Well, that's right. The Summit Lighthouse is a global movement of people waking up to the reality of their innate divine potential in order to achieve the ultimate purpose of life, the ascension, and that's graduating with honors. So let's bring this up to a personal level. Do you feel the tug of a new awareness within, wait, I should say, waiting to dawn in your own personal consciousness? Well, we all have felt that prompting, and it is our hope that we may in some small way nurture the awakening that your soul desires and in a manner that feels most comfortable and right to you. And as you expand your inner light and inner knowing, your consciousness will be ignited with new thoughts and insights. And once ignited, it is a flame that will not be extinguished, but only grow stronger and more intense as you progress on your path. And again, there's nothing to join unless, of course, you want to. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. you know, does a religious experience appeal to you? We've got that with Church Universal and Triumphant, which was founded in 1975 and offers beautiful sacraments and special observances. But we know that there are many spiritually-minded people who have no desire to be affiliated with any specific religion. Yeah, which is why we offer all who desire it a more secular, non-church experience. Founded in 1961, the Keepers of the Flame Fraternity is perfect for spiritual seekers who want a more personal path to follow. Keepers lessons are available both in print and online, filled with great teachings, deep wisdom, and practical exercises for fine-tuning your spiritual focus. And there's Summit University, offering both on-site and online classes for spiritual seekers of all kinds from all paths and disciplines. Well, and we've got plenty more, too, but we're sure you get the idea. The Summit Lighthouse is available to all who seek that special one-on-one relationship with God. Just go to tsl.org for details. But hey, enough about us. (laughs) This show is about you and finding your best and fastest pathway home. Which, of course, brings us right back to the point of understanding who we really are. And within the context of what we've been sharing so far today, we're talking about the fact, not the theory or notion or idea, but the fact that we each are God in becoming. This is an awesome reality to embrace. And you know what it brings up? What? It reminds us of this notion we have in the West of worthiness when we engage with our God in any way. You mean notions like original sin (laughs) and the way some orthodox beliefs portray us as worthless sinners and barely redeemable? (laughs) Well, yeah, and if you've ever been subjected to this kind of belief system at any point in your life, then you know what we're talking about. And if you haven't, then God bless (laughs) you and your fortunate birth. Well, yeah. Uh, Let's examine this idea of original sin for a moment. Is it really possible that you could have sinned before you were born, or that you took on the responsibility for someone else's sin without actually choosing to do so? If we accept that we are all made in the image and likeness of God, then how is it possible that God would make something with an intrinsic flaw? (laughs) I mean, think about it. Man surely can do that, but not God. If you think about it all, you quickly realize that there is simply no flaw in God and therefore no flaw in his creation. So, 
where do the flaws come from? Well, once again, we are reminded that we are co-creators with God. We use his energy to manifest our every thought, word, and deed. If there are any flaws in our world, it is because we have put them there. As we have said so many times, we are far more powerful than we realize. We are indeed co-creators with God, and we are also fully accountable for our creations. And in that context, of course, we're talking about karma and the fact that we each have the personal responsibility to balance the karma that our, shall we say, less than perfect creations have, have left us. Yes. So who are we really? You are a worthy candidate to fully realize your innate divine potential and have the creative power of God at your disposal right this very minute. Ooh. <laughs> so what does this innate divine potential look like? Well, if you've ever seen the chart of your I Am Presence, and you can see this in virtually all of our books as well as on our website, tsl.org, it looks like this. From top to bottom, there are three figures, all of which represent an aspect of our total being. The figure at the top of this chart, surrounded by bands of brilliant color representing your causal body, is your I Am Presence, your very own individualized manifestation of God. This I am presence is very real and exists within you right now. The figure in the center is your personal Christ self, who is the mediator between you and God. Your Christ self is your guide, mentor, counselor, and friend. This is the voice you sometimes can hear with your inner ear, that still, quiet voice within. And the bottom figure, wrapped in violet flame and surrounded by a brilliant tube of light, is you, a Christ in the making, climbing the ladder of attainment towards your ultimate godhood. Now, as you imagine these three figures, visualize a figure-eight flow of light from your I Am Presence through the heart of your Christ Self and flowing into and through your human heart. It is on this figure-eight channel that the light and energy of God flows to us for our use. This is the light that we qualify by our thoughts, words, and deeds. And any light that has been misqualified cannot be returned to God's heart until it has been transmuted and purified of any negative aspect. Now, as we said, these aspects of our total being are very real and available to us 24 hours a day. And when you understand the reality of these aspects of your being, you also quickly realize that others have the same <laughs> dimensions of being as you. That's a great point. So when you're interacting with your brothers and sisters along life's highways and byways, try to put on your own inner reality whenever you can, as well as making the effort to relate to their inner reality at the same time. In other words, be the Christ, see the Christ. I'm very succinct, Terry. Be the Christ, see the Christ. That is actually a wonderful interpretation of the golden rule, don't you think? Yeah. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you can easily be seen in the context of being Christ-like yourself and acknowledging the same reality in all whom you meet. Think the world might be a better place if we all did this? <laughs> How about heaven on earth? <laughs> yeah. You know, and on that note, it's time for us to take a brief time out. But please stay with us, because when we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, in which she elaborates on the nature of the real self and how it relates to Jesus, Buddha, and the Ascended Masters. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. 
the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Um, in the following far-ranging interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses not only the nature of the real self, but adds some very evocative commentary about the lost years of Jesus, the mastery of Buddha, and even some fascinating detail about chakras. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Thus far, we've talked a great deal about the nature of the self, and obviously you have a concept of the self that is quite different from that that most people hold. And I'm wondering if you could explain in more detail what your concept is. I think that the understanding of the self is the most important understanding that the individual can have in life. And if we fail to understand the nature of the real self, we never really quite gain an orientation or an integration in our life. The self begins with that which is the permanent atom of being, the cause out of which the effect proceeds. For want of any other name, I call this cause the I am that I am, the presence of the I am, or the I am presence. I find that God, by any name, can be reduced to this sense of the eternal presence. It defines being, and I see it as a sphere of very intense light that marks the point of my origin. It is the permanent part of me, of which I am very aware, and the point to which I shall return at the conclusion of this life. I have diagrammed this real self in relationship to the outer evolving self on a chart, which is called the chart of your divine self. The chart has three parts, and in a sense could be called the trinity of our identity. First, there is the upper figure, which is a sphere of light. Then there is the lower figure, which represents the soul evolving in matter or in time and space. Between the sphere of light above and the soul evolving below is the consciousness of the mediator or the go-between, 
The go-between is that portion of the self that can translate to the soul something of the I am that I am, and the portion of the self that is real enough that can yet stand in the presence of God. This mediator we call the Christ self or the real self. It is the self that we are in a state of becoming through our evolution, through all of our experiences in time and space. You might say then that the lower figure in the chart would be the man, Jesus. The middle figure would be the self, the Christ. And the upper figure would be the one whom he called Father. We now see a relationship of Father, or the All-Father, the Son, and the soul that is endowed with a flame of the Holy Spirit. That flame is the spark of life. It is a very real spiritual flame that is focused within the body at approximately the point of the heart center. It is in what is called the heart chakra, and it is the threefold flame of life. This is the endowment of our being with consciousness, with self-awareness, with all of the faculties which we enjoy, which are above the animal kingdom. The threefold flame, then, is the sacred fire which we are to become and which we are to implement and use as our resource for living and for evolving while we are on earth. Therefore, we see that the trinity that is now separate because of our consciousness, which is limited, will one day become one. We watch this in the life of Jesus. As he matures from birth to manhood, he walks more and more in the stature of his real self, his Christ self. We find him in the temple discoursing with the doctors at the age of 12. This is a sign that the Christ presence or the Christ self is overshadowing him and he is speaking the word of that Christ. We find him at the age of 30 in the full presence of the Christ so that his disciples recognize him. He calls them away from their nets to become fishers of men. He begins to heal, cast out demons, change the water into wine. This because the man Jesus has merged with the inner self, the Christ. He walks the earth for three years performing not miracles but the functions of cosmic law and then walking up Bethany's hill with his disciples after his resurrection he disappears from their midst and a cloud receives him out of their sight. This cloud is the same cloud that appeared to the children of Israel. The pillar of fire and the cloud represent the I am that I am, the eternal presence. Jesus accelerated to the level of the Christ, then Jesus the Christ accelerated to the level of the I am that I am. This is the nature, the true nature of the three in one. And so we, as heirs of Christ, heirs of Jesus, have come then to realize that same oneness, three out of one, one out of three. In other words, the Trinity is something that is present in all of us all the time, the Trinity is anchored in us in this threefold flame of power, wisdom, and love. The Father represents the power of the law, the Son is the wisdom of the law, and the Holy Spirit is the love action of the law. So it exists in us as potential. Until we have realized that potential, our relationship to Christ and to Father 
remains a separate one. And therefore, on the chart, we depict these three figures, one on Earth, one higher above, and one still higher, until the distance allows individuals to think in terms of heaven and Earth. Where does an ascended master fall on this chart? The ascended master is the one who has walked as the lower figure in the chart, as the one who has evolved as a soul, who has first realized his real self as the Christ and become one anointed with that mediator self. And then, at the conclusion of his life, he has reunited with the I am that I am. Therefore, the ascended master would be beyond the material plane, in the spirit plane, and yet as close as the air we breathe. When Jesus prayed to the Father, he was talking to himself, his real self then. He was talking to his I am presence, and he was also talking to his inner teacher. Jesus also had a teacher. And it is customary for us to think of our inner teacher or our inner guru as father. The teacher whom Jesus acknowledged in the place of his I am presence as being one with that I am presence on the path was one who is called Lord Maitreya or Maitreya, the coming Buddha of the East. Maitreya attained the Christ consciousness hundreds of years prior to the final incarnation of Jesus. He sponsored Jesus and he became the one that Jesus regarded in the person of Father as well as Jesus' own I am presence. Well, Jesus' life and teachings were in the Middle East. How was it that he was initiated in the teachings of the Far East? Well, no one has really successfully answered the question, where was Jesus between the age of 12 and 30? This is a long period of time for our beloved Master, considering what he accomplished in three short years. Perhaps if we could have known him between the ages of 12 and 30, we would have found him practicing the laws of science and of truth, which he demonstrated publicly in the final hours of his earthly life. It is my understanding that Jesus journeyed to the temples of the Ascended Masters, which are found in Egypt, at Luxor, and in the Himalayas. When we journeyed to India, we were told by a number of guides that there are records of the coming of one who was called Jesus during the period of history when Jesus lived. And we do know from our verification by the Ascended Masters that Jesus was very humble and that in preparation for his mission, he desired to be trained in the very first steps of initiation. Many of the teachings which he brought forth, in fact, his mantras, I am the way, the truth, and the life, are actually taken from the Sanskrit, uh, which comes down to us through India from the ancient continent of Lemuria as the language which our very early ancestors used to meditate upon God and to practice the science of the spoken word. So the real self in which the Christ that we're familiar with is identified as the middle figure relates to the teachings of the Far East. Where would Buddha fall on that same chart? Buddha then, as Siddhartha, the child who was born in his palace to wealth and to the surroundings of, of opportunity, becomes the soul who must mature and discover the real self. 
The real self which Gautama discovered after he left home to discover the cause of suffering, he defined as the Buddha. This is because his meditation was upon God through the crown chakra. And we call one who has attained the realization of God through the crown chakra the Buddha, whereas one who realizes God through the heart chakra we call the Christ. In reality, the Christ self or the real self contains all elements of consciousness. What is the crown chakra? The crown chakra and the term chakra is simply a Sanskrit word. It means wheel or center, refers to seven sacred centers in our temple. The heart is the principal center. Then there is the throat, the third eye, and the crown of the head. Below the heart, there is the solar plexus, the seat of the soul, and the base of the spine. These seven centers are seven openings into another dimension. And by meditation upon these centers, we can experience God in different planes of consciousness. Each center, which is depicted as having a different number of petals, has a different frequency or a different vibration. If we center our meditation in the heart, we commune with love. If we center our meditation in the crown, we are communing in wisdom. If our meditation centers in the third eye, we have the power of concentration in truth. And the throat chakra, the power center, gives us the science of the spoken word. This might seem to imply that Buddha represented a higher evolution than Jesus. I don't know that we would call it higher. We would call it the way of the East. Buddha demonstrated the way of self-mastery that was the dispensation for the evolutions of the East. Christ showed it for the evolutions of the West. We have reached a period now where there is an exchange between East and West, and we who live in the West must also pursue the type of mastery which Buddha demonstrated. Uh, Gautama taught for 40 years after his enlightenment under the bow tree. Jesus taught for three years. Well, there's a food for thought. Yes. <laughs> um, well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. So please stay with us. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. 
Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back and happy to welcome Sidney Bennett once again for a little give and take on the subject of our real selves. Good to be here. Yeah, well, it's probably a few surprises in store for us, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, hard as it may be to believe, when we talk about our real selves and our innate divine potential, we're not talking theory, are we? But we're talking fact. You know, we have to, to let not this slip by without paying attention to it. Oh, God is within me. Well, that's a nice thought. Mm-hmm. But but let's step back a minute and really understand what this means to us. God is within us. And if God is within us, then we have a mission, we have a potential, we have an opportunity to realize that God if we exercise our free will and choose to do so. Why have we been meandering on this planet for (laughs) far longer than any of us would like to think about? Perhaps one of the reasons is because we haven't taken the time to stop and say, who am I, where am I going, and how do I get there? Which, of course, is the premise of this show. And so if we understand that God is within us, it changes everything. It's the old game changer, as they like to say, you know, football or or baseball broadcast. And so it changes how we live. You know, I was watching the Academy Awards recently, and one of the, the MC, I forget his name, said, you know, made a joke about getting drunk after the Academy Awards. And I (laughs) thought, you know, if people understood that God was within them, there's things they wouldn't do. They wouldn't dishonor God by acting in certain ways. And the lack of that understanding, I think, is a cause of a lot of misery, not only personally on this planet, but on a planetary scale. And so if we look in the mirror and say, as ever, however imperfect we may be, no matter what mistakes we made, God is within me, and I am worthy to follow the path he has uh, offered to me if I choose to do so. So don't let this thought just slip by as another nice, you know, saying, well, God is within me. God is within you, and he's waiting for you to exercise your free will to realize the potential and the power and the joy that will manifest as you pursue him. (laughs) Too bad we can't stop right there. Yeah, (laughs) You just nailed it. Yeah, that's a show finisher. (laughs) Well, this may well be ground that we've covered before, but why do you think the fact of our real divine self is so little known and understood in the West? You you know, people like to blame God for things and blame (laughs) God for the condition on this planet. God, why do you let these horrible things happen? God, why do I have low back pain? You know, why am I in this circumstance situation? Well, we have to, again, look in the mirror, only this time, instead of seeing God, we have to see ourselves, Mm -hmm. because we're responsible for the condition we're in. But that's not all of it. We also know, and we've been taught before, that there are fallen angels. When they were kicked out of heaven, they went someplace, and they came to planet Earth. Unfortunately. And because they were cut Mm -hmm. off from God, they have no source of energy or light from God, and the only way they can get it is by stealing it from the light bearers. How do they do that? It's through control. 
And one of the things they want to do is keep our inner divinity from us. They want us to believe we're worthless sinners, worthless sinners, and only a hierarchy, whether it be in church or state, can really be because uh, they're our only way to redemption. Mm-hmm. And this is how they've controlled us and want to continue to control us. And it just shows you how liberating this truth is and why it has been suppressed for the ages. <laughs> because once people find out who they are and what they can become, there's going to be no stopping them. You know, I heard a story about um, how during the time, of the unfortunate time of slavery in this country, that slaves were not allowed to read, not allowed to learn to read. For the same very reason, I think, is that they, the, the slave owners understood that once they empowered themselves with knowledge, there was no turning back. Exactly. Same kind of thing. We're slaves to ignorance sometimes, you know, which is an unfortunate And, and the lie we've created, not only ourselves, but others have created, and that we believe the lie. Oh, yeah. Because we've gotten under, you know, the sense of unworthiness goes back to whole original sin. <laughs> well, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm really not worth much anyway, so why even try, yeah, you know? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other day I overheard someone commenting about the current state of affairs in the world, and they, they were referring to, you know, all the social, political, and economic chaos is being reported in the news. And this man's comment was, and I quote, boy, I bet God regrets having given us free will, unquote. Yeah. Well, you know, of course we know that free will is one of God's greatest gifts to us, and there is certainly no second-guessing in God. But that comment does beg the question, by our free will choices, are we possibly approaching the brink of overwhelming karma? I know about you. It feels pretty overwhelming to me right now. I don't know if we're approaching it or not. That was kind of a meatball, wasn't it? <laughs> but I, I think it's an understanding that, you know, again, the individual accountability we have. I mean, planets have blown up, you know, from they've been destroyed by the people that live on them. That's a happy thought. Through their wars. In other <laughs> words, what I'm saying is that unless there is intercession, unless by our own free will we choose to invoke God and his light, the free will misuse can lead to some pretty bad things. Yeah. And so what we need to understand now is the equation on this planet, both on a personal and planetary scale. It's a time of returning karma. It's the end of a cycle, a 2,000-year cycle, and karma is accelerating and returning. Karma is impersonal. It's not God getting even with us. It's energy <laughs> we've sent out and is returning to us. And so if we don't do something to counter that energy, to repolarize it, it's going to have the worst possible impact on us. But the good news is with the use of the violet flame and evoking the light of God, we can change and transmute karma so that it has a much lesser impact that might have. And let me give an example of this. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I think the, the analogy is valid. You know, recently we had that meteor go across Russia. Right. And, you know, it blew windows out, I don't know, in a thousand buildings or something, you mm-hmm. know. And it, I mean, it wasn't a good thing. People were injured by flying glass and so forth. It wasn't a good thing, but there wasn't a massive loss of life. At the same time we had that meteor, there was that asteroid that went by planet Earth. Mm-hmm. that was much, much bigger, and it was, quote, unquote, a close call in cosmic terms. But what if the karma had been for that bigger asteroid to hit the Earth instead of the little one? And I don't know whether that's the case or not. But mitigation would work to the sense that we would have the little meteor instead of the giant asteroid. Wow. So all we got were broken windows. Yeah. So, and again, I don't know if that's true, but the analogy is true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that that's what mitigation does for us. But if no one invokes the violet flame, then it's the full brunt and force of the karma comes upon us. Right, right. Well, if we're possibly approaching this karmic point of no return, what can we do to reverse this tide, so to speak? Individually and collectively, we must call forth the light. Again, go back to free will. If we don't invoke it, it's not going to come. It's the law of the universe. And so we invoke this violet flame not only into our personal karma and our families, but throughout the planet as well. You can transmute planetary karma as well as personal karma. 
You know, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. So planetary karma is going to affect us whether we cause it or not. Yeah, and right. so there's enlightened self-interest to call forth enough light to mitigate the darkest of the dark of that karma. Mm-hmm. Let's um, maybe change the focus here for a moment. We can come back to you that. You want to get so away from asteroids? Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's one. Got to dodge that one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, getting back to the subject of our real selves, when we do eventually merge with our higher selves, do we lose our personal identity or our sense of ourselves? You know, that was a question I asked myself, I remember, when I found the teachings. In other words, okay, God is within me, and I become one with God. Does that mean I'm God and not me? <laughs> um, but what it means is you become one with God, but you certainly do not lose your individuality. Each one of us is a unique soul created by God. Each one of us has a mission and a divine plan and something to contribute, not only to this planet, but to cosmos. And so when you ascend, the best of who you are becomes your sort of cosmic personality or ascended master personality. And if you study the ascended masters, you can see they're very different beings. They're all ascended, but they major on different rays, have different experiences, different devotions. And some of them are specialists in healing. Some of them are specialists in government. So it's a, a universe literally awaiting whatever gifts God has given you. And you are you as well as becoming one with God after you ascend. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> you know, earlier we mentioned the chart of your divine self and how the three figures represent the trinity or the triunity of our being. Would you elaborate on these three components of being? Sure. And I think, as, as was mentioned in our introduction <clears throat> by Mrs. Prophet, you have your I am presence, which is that portion of God which he has given to us of himself. It's ours. The light comes forth from it, and we can use it as we choose in our free will. Now, that perfection and purity God does need a mediator. As we're in our lowliest state, so to speak, in the physical form, mm-hmm. we need the Christ self to be the mediator between God and us. And eventually, of course, the three become one as they happen in Jesus. But I think there's a couple of things that are really important. One, you know, the bottom figure in the chart, which is us who we are now in our souls, is realizing the soul is not permanent until it ascends or becomes one with God. In other words, souls can uh, cease to exist. If by their own free will, they choose not to pursue God over many, many eons and reject God and rebel against Him. So mm. eternal life will come to us when we become one with our Holy Christ self and we make our ascension. Then the soul becomes permanent. You know, um, when we talk about the Trinity, this concept, realize a lot of spiritual principles are organized in threes. Um, let's talk for a moment about the threefold flame, the love, wisdom, and power. What is it really, and how does the threefold flame correlate, if it does, in fact, with the trinity of our being? Well, the threefold flame is actually ignited at birth. In other words, it's we've had it, um, obviously, in all our lifetimes, but when you are born, it gets reunited, reignited, and it is the power and the impetus that goes, uh, that drives through us. And so, you know, you can't really differentiate, um, in some ways, between the threefold flame and the I am presence. It's all a manifestation of God. But the threefold flame also reflects our attainment. In other words, in most of us, it's a sixteenth of an inch high. In someone like Jesus, it would engulf his whole body. So it can grow, and it it's kind of tells a story of the soul, which can evolve and put on more of God. And so the threefold flame can grow. The manifestation of God in us mm-hmm. can grow. Mm-hmm. Well, does the um the 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 three parts of the Trinity are is one particularly wisdom is one. Power is one love. Well, you can look at your causal body, which has many rings of light in it that are the different manifestations of God and of God's energy through the seven chakras. And, of course, the threefold flame, love, wisdom, and power, blue, pink, and yellow, will manifest that as well. Okay, yeah, because I I know that we've spoken in the past about how uh, we can recognize where we may have a 
an imbalance. We might recognize, for example, that we have a lot of power, but maybe our love flame is a bit um, on the low end, you know, you, something. You so. always need to work on the lowest one. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to have a balanced threefold flame to ascend. And for most of us, they're not balanced because you suggest, Tom, one is more predominant than the other. And, of course, the tendency is to stick with what you're good at. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know Mrs. <laughs> Prophet, I remember, gave a lot of given I give advice to people, said, go get a job in a nursing home or something or someplace where you can develop the love flame. Well, and that's maybe where, where my, my earlier question was kind of going, was that if we balance the threefold flame and then we are ascending as a result in part of that balancing, then that's the relationship between merging with the I am presence and the balanced and harmonious threefold flame. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, a lot of us have been brought up to believe that Jesus is the only Son of God, and now that we know better, if you will, <laughs> should we just stay silent on the matter and not make waves <laughs> with family and friends, or do we speak out? What do we do? You know, this is the eternal question. Um, nobody likes to be proselytized against their will, so to speak. Right. And we do respect other people's free will and their belief systems. So there's a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak. And that's where you have to really um, listen to your holy Christ self. You know, I, my sister who pursues these teachings carries around wallet cards of the I Am Presence. Mm-hmm. And so that she always has something to give someone that she feels prompted to give them. Mm-hmm. And and it may be a negative reaction, maybe a positive one. But, you know, we need to be attuned to when we do that and to when we don't do it. So, you know, it's it's sort of a mystery. But I'll tell you a real quick story. Something happened to me many years ago. I, I happened to be in... Uh, a town in Southern California on business, and I meandered over this shopping center. And I went and got a, a drink at a, it was like a soda fountain. It wasn't exactly like that, but there were bars or seats, stools. It wasn't a bar, I should say. And anyway, <laughs> so I'm having this drink, and this woman comes sits down next to me. And, you know, she was very well dressed, and I got this overwhelming thing that I needed to talk to her. And I thought, well, this is, you know, <laughs> this doesn't come here often. I can't do that, God. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be appropriate, right. you know. So I kept getting this thing. So I was sort of arguing with God about whether I should talk to this person and give them a chart. Uh-huh. The person got up and left. And, I, you know, I never forgot that because I wasn't obedient to the call. Yeah. And, you know, that could have been someone I knew from a previous lifetime. I had karma with. It could be anything. And so after that incident, I always tried to really listen mm-hmm. and not be worried about what people would think so much as to be obedient to that inner voice. And I think that's the key. Um, yeah, and, well, and, and all you have to do is just say, "Here's something for you." Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, Leave well, it but I think you bring up a very important point about that. There's a delicate balance here because you know the, the ascended masters are very clear about not attempting to change anyone else's spiritual path. I mean, you know, how can we possibly know God's will for another and the choices they need to make for their soul's journey? So, I guess the question would be, what's the best path to follow? You know, I mean, the prompting of the inner self. I mean, if if you follow that. Well, yeah, we respect other people's free will, but if no one had told me about the teachings of Ascended Masters, God mm-hmm. only knows where I'd be right now. <laughs> right. right. So, so we have to, you know, and giving the teaching and sharing them and having the light flow through you is the greatest experience in the world, I have yeah. to tell you. And so you just have to know when to do it. But generally, if people knew better, they would do better. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a very simple fact. And there's a lot more people out there that are open and looking for something than we realize. And, you know, I've given away a lot of charts of the presence in my lifetime, and I can tell you the vast majority of the reaction is positive. I, I've done the same, not as, I think, as often as you have, but I've also had that same experience of people recognizing something and responding in kind to their recognition. I mean, it's actually quite it a is. beautiful moment when it happens. You know, and the Brotherhood will, will go back to these people. My understanding is that they'll give everybody three chances in a lifetime. And if they reject them every time, they won't, they'll, 
you know, they have to seek it out themselves. Mm. But there are people that are waiting for these teachings and waiting to hear the words that they know within, but they never heard on the outer. Wow. wow. Well, on that note, we've got to take a break here now, but please don't go away because when we return, we will continue our discussion of our true identity with Sid Bennett. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Thanks, everyone, for staying with us. We are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject and the importance of understanding who we really are. Now, we've spoken before about the causal body, that brilliant crown of concentric rings of light that surround our eye and presence, as seen in the chart of the divine self, which we've been talking about. What is this causal body? You know, we talk a lot about all the mistakes we made in all our previous embodiments, and they are numerous, I'm sure. One or two. Um, <laughs> but we also need to talk about all the right things we've done. And so uh-huh. as this light comes through us and is qualified, if it's qualified properly, it doesn't sink to the ground, so to speak, when our, like our negative karma does. It rises up to our causal body. And so it creates a greater amount of light around our I am presence. You know, the Bible says that the stars differ in glory. In other words, we all have different causal bodies. We all have the presence of God with us through the I am presence. But what we have done with God's energy over the eons is manifest through our causal body. For example, If someone has been a healer in many, many embodiments, then their green ring, which represents healing and other things, will be perhaps much larger than their other rings. And that's wonderful. And so that's why we major in certain things. So every good thing you do ascends back to God. And that light is sealed in your causal body as your as your causal body. And that light, I should say, is available to you 
to use to help others. Now, you always say according to God's will because you don't want to spend your money, uh, so to speak, <laughs> or your light where it shouldn't go. Yeah, right. But you can you can offer God to use your causal body for great things because it is the light of God. So everybody's different, and it would be interesting to see what they are, but they're all magnificent because they all represent the proper use of God's energy. Now, I think, um, as we've explored in the past, there are seven basic rings, the color, the, the rays, plus the eighth ray, which is the purity ray. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay, so I think we might explore that in a future program because I think there's a lot of great information embedded in each. And of course, you know, my guess is God has made it simple for us. Yeah, (laughs) but you know, it's probably a lot more involved um, in terms of the nuances of of this. (laughs) Yeah, like 144 (laughs) colors or something. But you know, we do. This is the basic fact that we need to understand. And again, when we understand this and we see what we does make a difference. We won't go after out after the show and get drunk, so to speak, because yeah. that's not a good use of God's energy. Yeah. Um, so it changes the way we live. When we embrace the reality of our personal Christhood, our lives really are going to change, aren't they? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, once our eyes are opened, it's it's going to be awfully hard to see the world in the old way. Um, Sid, is there any advice for those who are awakening to the fullness of their divine reality as they deal with family, friends, and worldly things? You know, one step at a time. Um, Give your chance, give yourself a chance to assimilate this, to understand it and put it into practice. Um, you know, people that are around you that don't know about these teachings or the science of spoken word, I mean, they're going to be alarmed. What's, what's happened to this person? You know, what are they doing? And right. so, you know, you have to use discretion and do things in the privacy of your own home as you build a momentum to these things. And of course, continue to love and respect others, but you are going to change. You know, people, you know, don't necessarily do the same things they used to do once they understand who they are who is within them, what the karmic accountability of what they do. So it's not like we're judging other people, but if we understand the truth, we are going to change. And I want to tell you something that's very important. Even though people may react negatively to changes you're making in your life, and let's, let's face it, most people don't want us to change. They want us to stay the way they, we are. All right. And But even if they react ne- negatively, if you are doing the right thing in love, it, their soul will pick up the message, mm. and they'll appreciate that because even though they may be critical on the outer, their soul will see what you're doing and realize that that is the way. You know, um, yes, I, I totally agree with that, and I think you brought up again, uh, as we often do here, this karmic accountability aspect. And you mentioned earlier, and we also did in our first segment about how we struggle sometimes with a sense of worthiness. You know, our self-esteem can go up or down. And when we begin to recognize this personal karmic accountability for our every thought, word, and deed, it's very tempting to condemn ourselves. I mean, it doesn't take much for us to go there, does it? <laughs> well, that's we could just do it out of this life. Forget the other ones <laughs> <Yeah>. we've lived. <laughs> you know, we, we have to realize, and, and let's be humble before God, but we have done everything there is to do on this planet in terms of sins. In fact, one of the Ascended Masters said, you know, why don't you find a new way to sin because it's the same ones all over again. <laughs> and if that's in this lifetime, what has it been all the others? So none of us are holier than thou. I'm sure we've committed every crime that's possible to commit on this planet. But if we let that be upon us, then we become that. And so we, we separate ourselves from the sin. We may have sinned, but we're not sinners. And we say, okay, God, through my free will, I've made mistakes. But now through my free will, I want to correct those mistakes I want to balance the karma. I come and ask for forgiveness. In this, I forgive others. I ask forgiveness of you. And now let me roll up my sleeves and go to work and take care of this. Because self-condemnation separates us from God. And you know what? It's a form of pride, whether mm. we realize it or not. Mm. And it's very subtle. But it also gives us an excuse for not doing well. 
well, I'm just so lowly and I have so many mistakes, you know, I don't even have to try because there's no hope for me. I mean, yeah. doesn't that make your stomach turn? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> yeah, I've made mistakes. Yeah, I've done probably everything there is to do on this planet. But by the grace of God and the teachings of the masters and the tools they have given me, I am going to take personal accountability for my life. I'm going to pursue balancing my karma. I'm going to pursue the divine plan that God has given me, which is to become the Christ and make my ascension. And when you do that, you know, you're literally taking a stand for the light. And I remember Mrs. Prophet counseled someone once who had an intense amount of karma. And they said to her, well, why should I go to all this trouble, you know, to balance? Mm -hmm. I've made so much karma. What's the point? And I loved her answer. She said, you do it for the joy of overcoming. In other words, no matter what we've done, the serious in this life or other lifetimes, there is hope and there's life. And if we can take, you know, set our sail to balance that karma, God is going to work with us and lead us all the way home. And it won't necessarily be easy, but there'll always be a way. There's a mantra, a very simple one, that I think has saved a lot of lives. Lord, I am worthy. Make me worthier still. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. By the way, on this uh, subject of our inner divinity, we have a wonderful book titled Becoming God, oh. The Path of the Christian Mystic by Elizabeth Clare Prophet that I feel would be a great help to our listeners who are interested in this subject. Again, the title is Becoming God, The Path of the Christian Mystic. And, of course, you can find it on Amazon or in the bookstore on our website at tsl.org. Yep, tsl.org. Mm-hmm. You know, to further us on our pathway to oneness with God, we have Violet Flame, Dynamic Decrees, and other great tools for expanding our awareness of our true identity. Is there anything else you would suggest to aid and accelerate this awareness? We do need to study to show ourselves approved. In other words, even though we have the innate knowledge and we hear the words, we say, oh, yeah, I recognize who I am, we still need to gain the tools and the perspective of the Ascended Masters in terms of making on this path. And I'll go back to something I've said before. If we could make it on our own, we would have made it by now because many of us have had those good intentions. But mm-hmm. we haven't understood not only the equation of planet Earth, but the equation of our karma, the equation of our psychology, and all the things we need to do. So the Ascended Masters have very graciously provided us with an ordered scientific path of study. And one of the ways that we can do that is through the Keepers of the Flame Fraternity. I think you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Tom. And this is a way to study the teachings of the Ascended Masters in, in guided lessons that they've laid out that will take us step by step through the understanding of these teachings. And you don't have to, you know, leave your church or you can be Buddhist, Catholic, Jewish, it doesn't matter. It's open to everyone. But again, we need the understanding because without the understanding, you know, it's hard to put all the pieces together. And we do need that. Well, you don't build a house without a toolbox. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we talk about who we are, why we're here, and where we're going, we're really talking about returning to a state of, you know, a state that we once knew intimately, bliss in the heart of God. So why did we leave in the first place? Yes, great question. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, really. I've been asking myself that question for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, but seriously, I think there's, you know, we, we didn't have to descend to the planes of matter. We made the free will choice to do so. And I think one of the explanations we've given is that we wanted to gain mastery in the planes of matter. And, of course, it's very different than being in the heaven world. And there's many souls that have never left the heaven world. But we wanted to come forth to gain that mastery. And I think there could be a secondary motive, too, and that's to help the people that are here, that are stuck. And I think we might have very had very altruistic motives in doing so, 
But of course, it's been pretty challenging because we've made karma. We've forgotten who we are and so forth. But there will be something good coming out of this. You know, well, why would I go take physical embodiment and go on this when I could have stayed in heaven? Well, when by God's grace we return to the ascension, we're going to have a much greater attainment than we would have had otherwise because of our experience in the planes of matter. And greater attainment means you can help more people and do more. So it's, um, it's, it happened for whatever reason. We made that choice. But now that we're here, let's take advantage of the fact that we're in the physical form, so to speak, in the physical world, so that others that don't have this knowledge of who they really are, we can help them and give them these teachings as well, and so that all the souls that are meant to come home to God can make it. Right. So how long do you think we've been on this homeward path? <laughs> <laughs> long time. Long. But, but you know, we've said before that there are souls of different age. You know, yeah. there's a there's, um, number of different root races they're called that have embodied on this planet. Um, but most of us feel like we've been along, around a long time. But, you know, you mentioned the homeward path. Many of us have not been on the homeward path very long because we've been continue to go out away from God. And it's when we take that stand, when we stop and say, I'm no longer going to wander through cosmos with no direction or no aim, getting further from God. I'm going to turn around, face what I have created, and with God's help, step by step, balance that karma, and this homeward path will get me back to where I need to be and solve every dilemma, every problem, every pain, every loss, all the suffering and all these embodiments. And there will be no more tears. There'll be the joy of uniting with God and the opportunity to be with God. And so if you haven't turned around yet, this may be the day you do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really good. <laughs> I know. And, and this is a path and a reality that we're all worthy to follow, isn't it? Don't let the force of condemnation come upon you yeah. that says you've made too many mistakes, you've hurt too many people, you've done too many bad things, that you are unworthy to walk this path. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, but sometimes people that have committed capital crimes like murder are easier to convert than those that have been wishy-washy. Now, not obviously something you want to do, <laughs> but, but look what happened to uh, Saul. He became Paul. And he was an accomplice in the death of Stephen, and he had to re-embody to balance that karma. But the fire and the fervor, even if it's misdirected, can be turned towards God, and you can get home. So don't ever let that condemnation that you are a worthless sinner and you've done too many bad things to get you home, because it is a lie. Challenge that lie and start today, and God will help you. Well, we'll amen to that, and another hour has just vanished. We've got a skedaddle here. Yes, So I think do. we probably want to get right to the point of uh, saying, as we always do, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of, out this, of this world. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.